I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And I'm Stephen Veyu. Don't you cry no more. And this is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast based on the TV show Supernatural. And we're here to cover three more episodes for your listening pleasure. How is everybody today? Chris, you doing okay? I'm doing very good tonight. What do you think about these episodes we're, we're, we got up today? I think we got two hits and a pretty pretty bad mess. Steven, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. Good, good. Are you are you in agreement with, with Chris that we've got two heaters and one meter? Yep. There's <laughs> one meter. I don't know where that came from. I've literally There's never so said many that before. Ways in my to title. take that. Oh no. <laughs> Well, the episodes that we're going to be covering today are Faith, Route 666, and Nightmare. Um, as, as Chris mentioned, two of these are, are really, really good. Uh, Faith and Nightmare, Nightmare specifically, is going to tie into some overarching plot that's going to be a lot of fun to deal with for the rest of the season. Um, Faith has one of my favorite cable actresses of all time. And then Route 66 has a really racist truck. That's right. We are finally to the <laughs> racist truck episode. Uh one of my friends told me that she watched this and that this was the episode that caused her never to watch the show again. So, all right. <laughs> so we're going to get oh, we're going to get why. into a lot of detail on it. <laughs> it's definitely a skip I'm, uh, for I'm really glad that's the it. episode. I'm really glad that's the episode that you decided to start building up from the start of this podcast. Right? Journey. I'm really glad. <laughs> Uh, if I could have picked any other one, I would have probably, from now on, I'm just going to talk about the future commercial one because the commercial one is hilarious, but that's like yeah, in four okay. and a half seasons. So, <laughs> um, any, any general thoughts about these three episodes before we get into the details of faith? Uh, it's good to see the, uh, overall story starting to really ramp up, even though, uh, faith and what's the other one, the racist one, uh, route six, 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 they kind of divert from it, but we, these three episodes are really starting to push us in the right direction. So. Yeah, and and even Faith like introduces a pretty major uh, component for future episodes. So we're going to... Yeah. yeah. Steven, what about you? Yeah, it's, I'm about the same. Uh, Faith right now seems like a little bit of a diversion, but um, watching this with the context of later seasons that were admittedly by like Eric Kripke, like he admits this, that he had no idea this is where the story was going to go. Like this unintentionally sets up a whole thing for seasons uh, four and five, actually, um, and what that's going to feed into. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get Plus into it. Plus, it's just really well written. So, yeah, let's um, do it. Faith is a story about uh, Dean dying and being resurrected at the sacrifice of <laughs> some poor innocent person. So this is the first time that – or not maybe not the first time, but this is very early on. Actually, I think it is the first time that the boys have willingly or unwillingly sacrificed somebody in order for them to come back to life. <laughs> and this is going to be – Yeah, we should probably well, keep a running very many. This. <laughs> yeah, this starts to happen a lot. But before we do that, we forgot previously on – Oh, let's go into the previously, previously on. on section. Oh my god, it's like the one thing I actually do for the show. Uh, no, <laughs> I just uh, forgot about it because I don't have your notes up, so I'm going to bring those up now, so I don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No, just kidding. I don't have yours up either, so let me do that. Uh, um, Chris, why don't you give us the previously? No, wait, Stephen, this is your time. <laughs> Stephen, damn it! <laughs> why don't you? Uh, why don't you tell us what we have done so far? 
Okay. Uh, previously on Monster of the Week, the boys take a trip home to hang out with the ghost mom, only to have her drop some ominous dialogue before ghosts exploding everywhere. Also, Dad is the best hide-and-seek player. Uh, Sam gets a turn at having a monster possess him so he can say mean things that he doesn't actually feel, except that he does. And Dean begins his love affair with Pi in a town guarded by Killer Scarecrow God. Good work. Very nice. Take that. Very take that. So let's jump into season one, episode 12, Faith. Chris, do you want to give us the synopsis? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll lay it on you. Because <laughs> this <I> is just... <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> okay. Witness the miracle. Faith here, a loyal Lagrange, cures Dean after an accident leaves him near death. Death. Witness the terror. For every life Lagrange saves, another life must. Yeah. Every single time. I read these. I know I say it every time too, but I just picture Steven writing them. And Absolutely, one hundred percent. It brings a chuckle to my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. Um. So the, our cold open here is kind of a unique take. Uh, the boys are dealing with a monster, and we've come in at the end of the hunt. So they're basically mm-hmm. just going to dispatch this monster and then move on to other stuff. Um, this monster is a really weird. This whole setup is kind of really strange. Like the wiki calls him a rawhead and gives like a list of attributes, like the wiki does. But I don't <laughs> think the boys ever mention that name in this episode at all, right? No, they don't. No. Uh, good. <laughs> Good, do you want me to check? Do you want to check Dad's journal on this one? <laughs> yeah, sure. This is our this is our earliest uh, start to Dad's journal. Just uh, flip through some of these pages real quick, and um, oh, here we go. A raw head is a type of creature that lurks in basements and preys upon children. Period. That's the end of it. That's the end. That's, that's all. <laughs> that's all that there cool. is. <laughs> type of creature. That's okay. What kind of creature? We don't know. But he lurks in basements and he preys upon creature. I really are on children. I really like that. Like the description of the raw head is everything that we see in the cold open. Like that is the description of the creature in its entirety. It's in yep. a basement and it's preying on young children. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though raw head's so good, like I really wish. I hope these come back up later, and I just don't remember it. That would be awesome. Rawhead was the uh, alternate name for Jigsaw in the uh, <laughs> um, movies that I just forgot the name of. <laughs> uh, Saw. There yeah. you go. Seems like it's just alternate name for pedophile. Yeah, oh. yeah. Like, <laughs> oh god, that brings a whole other context to this. So we don't so need anyway. to get into. Um, <laughs> the the big deal out of this is that Dean manages to electrocute himself uh, as he's killing the the or not killing or. Uh, maybe he is killing. I don't know. He's killing the the raw head and electrocutes himself. So now he has to go to the hospital. And um, very quickly, we brush up on the fact that this is a 2005 show because there's no Obamacare. Dean's just on his fucking own. Like <laughs> Dean and Sam are just paying for this with credit cards. So we, we know they're going to rack up a pretty big medical bill here. Now, this is the, I mean, to, to have this be the way you're going to go for a hunter, it's not exactly glamorous. He's just getting that electrocuted sucks. in a puddle. But it's the he first. gets Bioshock to death. He sure does. But it's the first of many, 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 many times the boys are going to brush up against death and somehow uh, pull out of it. And this is our, our first example of Sam uh, going far beyond what he should be doing in order to, to rescue Dean mm-hmm. from some sort of death or eventual death or, or what have you. In fact, these boys are going to basically break every rule that they should have never broken in order to save their own hides over and over again, uh, which is, which well, is they interesting, say the, which is fun. 
to save each other's highs because Dean is like immediately like, all right, cool. I guess I'm going to die now. Let's, let's move on. And Sam is just not having any of that. Like he's like, nope, we're going to try anything and everything to, uh, to keep this from actually happening. It's like at the same time, it's both nice. And I guess not uh, nice. Isn't really the proper word, but because the boys were kind of like fighting a little bit in the last few episodes, there was mm-hmm. the thing where Sam was possessed, all that. Um, but at the same time, it's like super dark that Sam and we're later we see Dean are willing to go to these lengths to save each other, as you guys were just saying. Uh, it's not a, it's not like oh, I'm gonna look for a specialist or even like hey, I found this faith healer. It's Sam hasn't been sleeping for a few days because he's just up every night scouring and just shows like it just casts this, this long shadow behind him. He's like, yeah, I found the way to cure you, but. Even before we know what the catch is in the episode, I just feel like it, it gives off that kind of vibe of, of something's wrong here. Like they're they're too willing to do whatever it. Yeah, this is a classic case of Sam Winchester should know better. Like you should just yeah. fucking know better. Like yeah. you've been hunting all this stuff your entire life. What are you doing, messing? And with it's it? the thing. The thing is, it's like he does know better, but when it comes to saving Dean, he goes completely blind. Like he can't well, see. The things that he's doing wrong. I mean, we see Sam will do things wrong a, a few times because he thinks he's doing the right thing. Uh, but you're right. He should know better. And also, not to jump too far ahead, like, their dad isn't any better, like, at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, all three <laughs> of them are totally willing to just throw themselves in front of the train to save the other one. Like, without hesitation. I do like the uh, the note here that um, there's two things that I like in this scene. Number one, that Dean wants to kill the the teddy bear from a fabric softener commercial, and um, spoiler alert, that will actually happen at some point. So good yep. good on you. I don't know if they are like rewatching this episode, <laughs> looking for plot points, and going, "Oh, hey, we never followed up on that. Let's do a thing." <laughs> but, that, but that's really fun. And uh, at some point, Sam calls his dad uh, because they know more about how to heal people than doctors do. I think is the quote. I may be mangling that a little bit. And like yo sam yeah. you absolutely do not none of your yeah. family does <laughs> that, is, that is 100 wrong and you should know that you went to lawyer school <laughs> so yeah um i guess dean eventually like breaks himself out of, or he just he uh checks himself out of yeah, the hospital they're like dude you're gonna die sorry dude like He's like, all right, peace. Oh no, yeah, he, he does break out. But uh, you have in the notes here how how Dean like makes it super clear that he does not believe in any god or angel or higher power in, in a good way. He believes in all the bad stuff, but none of the good stuff. Yeah, which is weird though. Like, I, here's the thing: like, the show goes out of its way for the first three seasons to say there is no god, there is no angels, like there is only the bad stuff, and then the humans are the are the only good thing. So then why does holy water work? I've never really understood that. Like, why do they, like, they're like, like demons react to the name of Jesus. Why? If he doesn't exist, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I never, I never thought about that. I'm guessing guessing that no one else really did either. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, That's that's an excellent question. Why does holy water work when Dean does not believe in holy water or anything else like it? Um, So Sam has found a classic Southern Baptist faith healer. Um, they, they arrive at this tent that's pitched outside, which I don't know if you guys have ever been to one of these things or seen one of these things, but it's, it's kind of a stereotypical, like going to put some pews down. We're going to, going to have ourselves a good old revival. And, uh, there's a blind preacher that's, you know, I mean, he's talking God, man. He is, he's, he's, he's into it. 
And uh, I don't know that actor's name, but he kills it in this episode, man. Like as far as like guest stars go, this is an awesome episode. Him and the the other lady you were talking about, they are fantastic. Yeah. Um, and he's yeah, he's really really good. He he sells this like no, mm-hmm. he really really sells this. Um, and I guess Sam's thing here is that Sam thinks that they're just going to walk in and like he's going to pick Dean and Dean's going to get healed, which. Good on him because that's exactly what happens. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what happens, in, which is almost unbelievable. Like to the point of like seriously. <laughs> yeah, they say when he goes up on stage. I think they tell him that he was chosen, uh, and of course that, that it's just sort of a throwaway line. But like, he was like Dean is kind of special. spoilers. Yeah, I don't want to get into that, but <laughs> I do want to talk about the way that this scene is filmed. Uh, they're going through it's, the crowd uh, up towards the uh, the tent when they get in the tent. Uh, we see the first uh, healing happen in front of us. It's it's filmed. I, I was trying to figure out a way to describe it. It's almost like a documentary. It's almost as it's if, very. It switches to handheld, and that's yeah. like very rare for the show. It's right. only in fight scenes when they switch to handheld. It gives off a very uh, interesting impression, and it makes you. Mm-hmm. It makes it feel like this is like. It's like Sam and Dean just stepped into our world in a way, uh, because Bible tents like this are, are a real thing, uh, and they're not full of vampires. It's just full of people uh, going to a faith healer. And just so happens that this time it works, but it's still uh, it, it grounded it in a way, just the, the way that it was filmed, uh, and it gives that that uh, that scene a real sense of like. What- I dig it. it, and going back to like some of the cinematography and stuff, this has a really good like black and gray kind of dreary style mm-hmm. that is, I think, mm-hmm. serves the show really well for what we're going to the big bad that we're going to be dealing with, which is. But I love how Dean is going in bitching and moaning how he doesn't want to be here, and then he sees one good looking blonde. And he <laughs> yeah. changes his tone. It's like all these people are dying, and so are you, Dean. But he's immediately like, "Hey, I'll hit on you." Yeah. Like, Sorry, uh, I have a brain tumor. Please leave me alone. <laughs> Dean has a has a really has a trend of hitting on unavailable women. Like that seems oh, yeah. to be like his thing. Yeah. Like if someone is he, if he knows he's going to get turned down, like he acts like a dog to him. And maybe that goes back into our like how he's pretending to be something that he's not with this attitude mm-hmm. of so he's only going after the people that are going to tell him no because again he's not going to know what to do with something when he gets it. Although <laughs> I guess later on he actually does know what he did anyway. Let's there was there's a big part yeah. of the fandom that would love to argue what you're saying that Dean would go after women who are unavailable because he doesn't actually want uh, to actually with win anyway. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's commit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, All I'll evidence the to the contrary aside. Yeah. I'll be the voice for the fandom. <laughs> don't. Despite that I do disagree with them, I will be their voice. Chris, Chris, don't take that. Don't take that on your shoulders, man. That's too heavy of a burden for any one person to bear. <laughs> no, you can take it. This will be fun. Uh, just a quick note: the uh, the character playing the faith healer is is yet another one of those characters that's going to show up in Supernatural later on, playing a completely different person. So. Oh my god, you're so right! I just realized that he's in the show again. Yeah, when you said that. that, wow, I didn't even realize that. Which is crazy because, like I said, he's a standout in this episode. I forgot, like, because I knew that uh, Layla. She, she plays Rita on Dexter, and I can't remember that lady's name for the life of me uh, at the moment. Julia, something. but um, yeah, yeah. um, but Julie like, Benz. that's what it is. I remember her being really, really good because she's kind of like one of the first. Cause they start getting into a trend of their their side characters actually being really well acted um, once they really get into the swing of the show. Um, and she's one of the first ones that uh, stands out in my mind of being actually really, really good and not just an attractive lady for them to have the boys save. Uh, <laughs> but uh, man, like I can't, I don't know what it is about the, that dude playing the faith healer. He is fantastic. Absolutely. 
so so the setup here is that the the faith healer Roy Lagrange, <laughs> yeah. which is a ridiculous name, calls Dean up on stage and like starts healing him. Uh, and then it I, it works, but t- right at the end, uh, Dean starts passing out. But he sees this like spooky, scary dude up in the corner of his eye, up behind the faith healer guy. Yeah. The and spooky, then he scary out. dude is like a little bit overdone, but I do actually like the effect of it. I like the makeup that mm-hmm. they do. Um, practical effects are always, uh, I think they always fit better than uh, digital ones. So it's cool that they stuck practical sometimes it definitely looks like this dude just has like a bunch of clay stuck to his face uh yeah but the overall effect i think is actually really cool it's one of their cooler looking monsters um and spoilers it's a reaper but they don't really do this look for reapers in the future do they no not at all there's like there is one other episode where you have a bunch of creepy old dudes being reapers and then that is it that's in season five i think i know that reapers i think are able to sort of uh choose how they present themselves in order to help people pass along uh, and this one has been kind of chained down uh, in this episode, so maybe it's just in this sort of natural death form. Uh, I think mm. I'm thinking too much about this, but I just I think the makeup is really cool. I think the effect is cool. It's a legitimately creepy monster that they sort of just move past because they always want to make their monsters into people instead of just letting them be monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I got to get off this IMDb hole. There's a there's a whole IMDb list of 99 people of famous oh, people no. from Supernatural season one. I need to close this oh, so I can actually God. do a podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, just learned trivia over there. Yeah, yeah. Just stay away from that <laughs> trivia tab, man. Just get out <laughs> before it's too late. Uh, so they realize that they take Dean back to the doctor and Dean is magically healed. Like, I guess there was earlier in the episode, there was like some damage to his heart and that's why he was going to die. They couldn't heal that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but now he's magically healed. He's going to be okay. Everything's fine. And the boys leave. No. Next episode. And they go home and that's it. (laughs) They should have, they should have just stopped. They should have just gone on home. Uh, and Dean, this is this really concerns Dean, like because as much as he doesn't, but when it, as much as he puts out that he doesn't believe in this stuff, and to a point, I think he's he's on the right trail here. Like right now, he's thinking like this isn't this isn't just like providence, right? Like this isn't my fate to be alive. Like something happened here. There's always something that's there's always a cost involved in this. Um, so he goes to visit the preacher while Sam starts investigating. Um, when did they find out like this other dude who had, who had died? Like they had, I don't quite remember. It's, what the, it's, at, the, it's at the somebody. doctor visit. It's at the doctor visit because the doctor just so happens to let them know about a dude who dies of a heart failure. Like the exact time that teen gets, yeah. um, gets healed. She's like, Oh yeah, I think it was around, you know, like four seventeen. PM. He's like, oh, that just happens to be the time I was healed. Thank you, random doctor lady. I wonder. It's um, interesting. I wonder if the Wikipedia has uh, breaking clocks as a Reaper power. Yeah, I think that's one of their. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the things that they can they can do. I'm sorry, Chris. Clocks. I interrupted you. No, your clock. Totally, I that thing. Uh, it's interesting how Dean, once he's healed, like now he doesn't have to die, but he's like, no, 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 this isn't good. And I feel like I'm, I'm trying to remember, but it seems like him kind of shies away from that. He's like, oh, like, can we just let this sit? And again, one of those Sam, you should know better moments where I bet that if Sam really stopped to think about it, the way that Dean was thinking about it, he'd be like, yeah, something's a little fishy here. And of course, he goes along the investigation. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to investigate. I think he just wants to let it go so that it's can, a yeah. Ignorance is a type situation. 
Exactly. Like they were really setting up uh, Sam willing to uh, just kind of turn a blind eye intentionally to what is right now seeming to be a very good thing. I always uh, really like that about Sam's character. It's uh, it's a negative character trait, but I think it's also mm-hmm. a very uh, interesting one where he does play the the Luke Skywalker type character uh, who's who's kind of lifted up as our hero more than Dean at first in the first season. Even though Dean's the one who's always swooping in to save Sam, Sam's always sort of like at the center of the action when the real stuff is kicking off. Uh, but I like that there are so many negative aspects to Sam's character. Mm-hmm. It makes him a slightly more interesting hero than uh, if he just was goody two shoes that he supported. He's sort of like presented as first, and I think that obviously comes from the fact that there are two main characters and not one, which allows him to play along with, uh, around with them a lot more. Yeah. So back to faith. <laughs> Jeremy, you still reading IMDb over there? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you don't know my life. Chris. <laughs> so there's also this other this other really really powerful scene after uh, they start to think that maybe something is off here, and they go back to the tent to try and uh, put a stop to what's going on. And uh, what's from from Dexter? <laughs> Sorry, I don't remember what her name is. She yeah she's about to go ahead and like be healed herself, right? Or is going no no, no to that that, again, com- right? that comes later. Yeah, I mean, they, her and her mother always show up at um, mm-hmm. at each of these services, but uh, we get to see. Whenever they figure out um, what is going on before they go back to the tent, they realize that they're dealing with a Reaper. Um, that's when we get that really, really awesome scene where uh, Don't Fear the Reaper starts playing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and that's that that scene, the use of this song, like, redeemed that song for me. Obviously, it's an awesome song. Uh, but after that SNL sketch, sketch and the, the, the Mark Howbell thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just yeah. was like, I didn't want to hear that song anymore for a certain period of my life. But then seeing this episode and the way that it's used, it's it's awesome. Like, it's a great it's, song. It reminded me of hearing that song when I was like 13 and I was like, exactly. oh yeah, man, I don't want to fear the Reaper. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I'm 13. <laughs> it, it reminds me of, uh, it always, I always think of the, uh, the opening credits to the miniseries of Stephen King's The Stand. Yeah, they yeah. scan through all the base of the dead people. And it's like, oh. And it's That's interesting that well. when when uh, Dean is healed, he gets a glimpse of the Reaper. But mm-hmm. this time around, when this other guy is getting healed, we actually get to see the consequence of what's happening. Because up until then, you might think like, "Well, a, a Reaper can't heal a guy. Like, why why was Dean seeing this this creepy ghost man?" Uh, and it's because he's uh, taking the life from somebody else, I guess, and taking the death from Dean and putting the death in somebody else. If that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Um, and we'll, we'll, we we'll see learn like that the, he's he's kind of bound to do so. Like he's right. he's not doing like the Reaper's not doing this just because. Like he he's he's being forced to do it. And you also, this innocent woman in the in the woods who's jogging just die. Yeah, and yo, like the guy that they're healing is like ninety seven years old. Yeah, like let me just let that dude die. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I hate to sound ageist. Like I'm sure ninety seven year olds can contribute to society or whatever. But come on, the jogger yeah, was next, obviously next enjoying year, herself. Next year, that guy's gonna get cooked by old age. And it's just kind of a shame. But I think I actually think that that's kind of as much as that you're joking with that. I actually think that's kind of the point of what is going on. Like, like, dude, like sometimes it's just your time. And and that's actually kind of what Dean is saying. Like, maybe it was just my time to go at this point. Obviously, we know that that's not true. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't know. I actually think that feeds into the the kind of the the theme of the episode. Also, before we get too far along, uh, Sam does notice a weird looking cross uh, sitting on the side um, Mm -hmm. of the altar at some point. Like there's a couple of crucifixes and then this real like obviously it almost looks Celtic in design kind of weird uh, 
other kind of cross. I think yeah, uh, good. It's around this time where I think maybe it's when they show up at the the preacher's house that they encounter uh, the girl and her mom mm-hmm. again. Their names are beyond me. And yeah, Layla and her horrible, Layla horrible mother. and her horrible, horrible oh, mom. But she's she, the worst. But her horrible, horrible mother says to Dean, "Why do you deserve to live more than my daughter?" And he takes that with like he takes it like too hard. Like it's because in Dean's mind, he just thinks I don't. I don't deserve to live more than your daughter. Like, and he's actually gonna like he's gonna struggle with that one for a while. Like that that keeps coming up a lot. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to say that Dean is idle. That's a heavy word to throw around. But he does have a little bit of that in him, and not in the "I want to die" way. But we've mm-hmm. talked about it throughout these episodes. How Dean has this persona he puts on, and he's always just fighting himself, and he's fighting the outside world. He's just constantly fighting. The only time that I think Dean is actually being himself is when he's protecting Sam. That's when he like is able to just follow his heart and be like, okay, this is what I what I do because he genuinely loves his little brother and wants to look out for him, even though at the same time he feels like it's his duty. But Dean just, he, I think he exhausts himself physically and emotionally by trying to be Dean all the time rather than just being who he really is. Uh, and, and it's a classic case of someone just being way too willing to sacrifice themselves. Like yeah, I will, yeah, exactly. I will go to the mat for just about anything, and and I, I, I will die for you. And you're like, no, dude, I just, I just need you to help me with the groceries. <laughs> just yeah. I, do not fall on your sword. I just, I just need. Can you grab that case of beer so that we can have a good evening? Like you just chill the fuck out. <laughs> also, why did you bring your sword to the party? This yeah, why did you bring your sword to the party? I told you not to do that again after the last time. Um, God, Dean bringing a sword to a party is pretty much. Dean Winchester in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not, Sammy? <laughs> so I'm going to real quick just – I'm going to look up the uh, the short entry on Reapers in uh, Dad's journal. Uh, this is the real the real case. It's not a rawhead this time, but let's take a look. So a Reaper uh, – there's a there's Reaper lore in pretty much every culture on Earth, and this is actually a quote from Dean himself. Uh, it goes by hundreds of diff- 100 different names. It's possible there's more than one of them. Reapers stop time, and you can only see them when they're coming at you. Um now, this is a pretty abbreviated quote, and I, I thought of doing some more research on Reapers, but I think everybody knows what a Grim Reaper is. Uh, however, I think it's interesting in this quote that Dean says it's possible that there's more than one of them. Like, they still don't know. They still see the Grim Reaper as just death itself, this one singular uh, enemy or this one singular monster that they can hunt, uh, but that's clearly not the case. <laughs> is it is it Dean or Sam that says it's not... It's a Reaper, not the Reaper, which I think is yeah. a, a really weird and like, I mean, just the distinction there. Like, you want to be a little bit more specific, bud? <laughs> just a little <laughs> yeah, bit? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure which one of them says it, but yeah. They, they investigate the chick that was killed uh, and realize like it's, it's, they realize it's a Reaper. They come up with this plan to, um, well, Dean, first off, wants to shoot the preacher, which Dean, you gotta you gotta just unclench for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Like you can't just yeah, go yeah, killing yeah. humans. Luckily, Sam is like, no, I think there I think there might be something to this. Like, let's let's let me go investigate. Um, and Sam finds like some clippings that kind of show all of the people that have died so far in exchange for heal healing people were targeted. They were people that were um, either protesting the church or or not really a church, but protesting this revival thing, or they were supporting gay rights, or they were you know whatever. Like they were they were generally cool people who got targeted for their very cool beliefs. So Sam, unfortunately, while Sam is discovering this, uh, they've called Layla up to the stage, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, this time we we realize. 
is this is is this when we realized that it wasn't the preacher that's been doing all of this stuff? It was actually the it's preacher's after because Dean after. yells because he has to find some way to stop her from going up there because as much as he would like her to be healed, he knows that it's just that's not the way that this is supposed to go. Uh, so I think he, he yells fire right as she's about to be healed and uh, everybody runs off. Or maybe it's uh, when somebody else is going to be healed. I don't really remember. Yeah, no, it's it it's whenever matter, she does right? it because uh, they find out that they've that uh, I think they've been going for like as long as this dude has been healing people. Uh, Layla and her mother have been showing up at all of them waiting to be called up every single time. Why is she be getting uh, stiff? Like why isn't why hasn't she been chosen? I don't know. Yet? I don't know. Because like even whenever they go to the house when uh, when the boys go to the house and then are leaving, Layla and her mother show up and they're like, "Hey, can we see Roy?" And the the his wife Roy's wife is like, "No, nah, he's tired. Go away." Yeah. Uh, why? It just it's apparently he's got to put her. I don't know. Um, I'm probably reading shame. too deep into this, but I, I got the idea that if this, if the mom is, and the mom is behind everything, I really get the feeling like she's taking donations on the side, right? Like if you really want to get healed, you got to come up with some money. Yeah. I'm, and I'm very much yeah, reading into likely. that, but like that seems like stereotypical, like Tammy Faye, uh, what Falwell or whatever her name was. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. seems yeah, like yeah, very yeah. typical preacher wife shit right there. <laughs> and it's around this time that Sam figures out, I think or one of them figures out that this is going on. Is that when they're doing the faith healing? Cause I have a note in my, in my phone about how uh, they needed to dust their shelves because uh, Sam is going through their library after breaking <laughs> yeah. into the house. And there's just, there's a row of books on the bookshelf and the, the shelf is all dusty. And then there's just this one part uh, where the dust is gone because the book has been removed, uh, you know, several times recently. Uh, but that dust is thick. It looks like uh, yeah. sawdust. It's like it's some <laughs> heavy dust. Uh, but he pulls out this book and he realizes, like, oh, shit, somebody has bound a reaper to them, and that's what's going on here. And I think that they immediately believe it's Roy, and it's shortly af- thereafter that they discover, no, it's not Roy, it's his wife. Yeah, same yeah, because Caesar, they- uh, because the, the, the protester that we meet very early on has been targeted with uh, to be killed with when Layla comes up to get healed. And um, despite Dean stopping the healing, the it continues, and that's because... And eventually he sees the mom casting the spell. So that's why the protester dude died as well. And that's when yeah. they realize, oh shit, like all of this has been targeted. It's not been, thank God we didn't kill that innocent guy, right? That would have been terrible. <laughs> well, it's, it's not the mom, it's Roy's wife. I keep saying mom. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, it's yeah. Roy's wife. They're both not, not equally Layla's terrible mom. people, but. True. Yeah. Well, I mean, one's killing people. Okay, not equally <laughs> terrible, but they're both pretty terrible. <laughs> So yeah, we uh we, we go through all of this. The uh, they finally figure out that you know they stop it. Um, Dean is arrested during this part because he stopped the uh, the healing, and I, I just love this because he's arrested and then just like almost immediately let go. <laughs> like, yeah, just well, Dean can get off on his own of premises. What yeah. was that, Stephen? He well, they, they escort him off of the premises, and they threaten like, to put the fear of God, fear in of him. God in him. Yep. Oh my God, like, Dean would whoop both your asses. <laughs> we've well, we've seen that happen before. We've watched that happen where he beats up like multiple cops at the same time. <laughs> he doesn't really act like it, and you wouldn't think from his diet that he's like it. But Dean is basically Jason Bourne, so pretty much we know that he's much. fine. Yeah, I would I would watch Supernatural Jason Bourne crossover. That'd well, be great. <laughs> oh. Jason Bourne looking for his past finds a memory goblin. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know what a memory goblin is. Memory goblin. <laughs> Raw heads and memory goblins. Here we go. (laughs) 
it's the Greer era. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Season 15. Uh, I've taken over Showrunner. Bring it back, then, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sam breaks into the house again and finds like this whole altar set up to killing Dean. Um, and then there was this extended scene where they've brought up somebody else and that they're going to heal somebody else. And this Reaper is chasing down Dean. And like, I felt like this went on for like the entire half and half of this episode. <laughs> like it felt like it was going on forever. It's because the first Dean is being chased by the cops and then he's being chased by a Reaper. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what it is. I don't, I, I mean like at a certain point, Reapers and cops are the same thing to me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god you must get so scared driving down the road <laughs> you have no idea man Louisiana cops <laughs> um, Sam finally finds like the key you know whodunit thing this this cross which the Wikipedia keeps calling a Coptic cross which I have a word that I have never seen before I think in my they, they do say Coptic cross in the episode mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. cool uh, well, he crushes that, which frees the the Reaper, who is no longer bound by this spell and by this device. And the Reaper immediately chases after uh, Preacher's wife, which is pretty much the perfect ending. Like, yep, I feel like the boys should have done something to try to protect her. But like, what are they going to do? Like, at a certain point, like, you can't it, kill a Reaper yeah. <laughs> yet. It would have been interesting <laughs> to see. Uh, well, I think it's actually they went with the more interesting because they could have gone with uh, it kills the uh, preacher's wife and then it heals Layla because it was still you know part of that deal they had begun the deal so let's just complete it and that way you get your super happy ending where Layla gets healed anyway uh, but somebody innocent didn't have to die and maybe that's absurd and you guys would say they would never do that but I just I think it's more interesting that they didn't go that route and they had to go with the well yeah sometimes it just sucks and sometimes people have to die and sometimes there's no happy ending mm-hmm Except for Dean, who got away scot free. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody, everybody in the Winchester family is doing all right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I like this scene um, between Layla and Dean um, again because yeah. this is a really she's a really phenomenal actress. But um, yeah. she tells him that uh, you have to have faith even when the miracles don't work. And because he's asking like, why is she not upset about all of this? Like that, she, that her healing was interrupted and why is she not yeah. mad at him? And um, you have to have faith when it doesn't work. It's going to be like a thing going with Dean for pretty much the rest of his life. Like you have to, says, yeah. it's, it's really hard for him to trust something that he can't see or kill. So if he can't see or kill it, then it doesn't exist to Dean. So. Yeah. And it's a little bit corny at the end, but he says like, you know, I'm, I'm not the praying type, but, but I'm going to pray for you. And she says, you know, that's a miracle right there. Uh, and like I said, it is a little bit cheesy, but it is kind of like, it's, it is a big step. If you know, Dean for him to even say that to somebody, uh, yeah. this whole experience has really moved him. I don't know how long that lasts because he goes through so many shades of himself. Uh, but it clearly has, has had a lasting effect. I really like this episode, y'all. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I really enjoyed Same. Reapers showing up as a, as a yeah. kind of a big bad monster of the week. I enjoyed, uh, I really enjoy the, the supporting actors and actresses, like we've mentioned, and we've given them shout outs. Uh, this doesn't do much, I think, for the ongoing relationship between Sam and Dean, like some of the previous episodes have done, but like, not every, you have 22 episodes in a season, right. like, not every episode. All it does is give us a flavor of the lengths they're willing to go to. Just a little bit of it, not exactly. not not a whole lot. It it does yeah. it does build some some foundations that we're going to build an ever collapsing tower of plot onto for the next twelve years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it starts off real good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, Chris? What do you think? Yeah, I, I like the use of the Reaper. I like that it's 
maybe, I don't know if it's the first time, but it's a monster that the boys can't kill. It's something that they can't even yeah. go, they can't even go toe to toe with. They just have to get it to like stop doing what it's doing. Uh, they can't come close to even battling this thing. So that's cool. There, there's, uh, the first taste that things are out there that are a lot more powerful than, than these boys. Uh, because so far we've seen them kind of kick everything's ass. Uh, and we will continue to see them kick everything's ass, uh, up to and including um, for that well, monster in the lake. I'm just saying it's still there. I was just about to bring up <laughs> that lake true. spirit. That's they, totally still murdering they, people. They let that one go. <laughs> uh, they, you know, they could have kicked its head. You know. The only reason they, this episode early on in their career. Yeah, the, the only reason this episode doesn't qualify, I think, is because the Reaper is still out there. But like the Reaper's natural natural instincts isn't to murder people left-leaning mm-hmm. people <laughs> or people with right. left-leaning That's politics like, so like it was specifically the woman that was doing bad things yeah like i like how like it actually turns out man was the real monster all along um but no but like that the reapers are like no okay no this is just a thing that happens is a force of nature that they literally can't do any well Eventually, yeah. Reapers okay. will become meaningless. They will become meaningless eventually. But as of right now, it's just this thing that happens that's a normal way of life, I guess. And I like that's the kind of stuff I really like how, like, that that knowledge in the back of a hunter's head that, like, okay, no, these things just happen, and there's nothing we can really do about it. I really hope there's someone out there listening, and if and if it's you, listener, definitely write in and let us know that's watching the episodes along with this show and what they think about our like constant not spoilers but just constant foreshadowing of all the bonkers shit that we <laughs> yeah. keep talking about. <laughs> it really does just get really out of hand eventually. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be a, it's gonna get a little nuts. <laughs> brings us into our next episode uh chris would you like to read steven's episode synopsis i would love to <clears throat> episode 13 group 666 the devil's down in dixie and he's driving with one scary truck <laughs> you. you wrote this guys guys i worked so hard on this it was like all day uh, and he's driving one scary truck <laughs> Sam and Dean investigate when something wheeled, metallic, and evil forces a series of African-American drivers off the road to their deaths. All right. So <laughs> let's start out by saying that this is a fucking terrible episode. Yes, and yes, even oh trying God, to grapple some the of the, the concepts in here are, are is, I think, above and beyond what, what this show is capable of doing in 45 minutes and also yeah. goes, um, most most of what I, I wrote down was just based on some of the interactions that sam and dean have with each other in a brotherly way and i yeah. kind of just wanted to completely ignore the plot of the episode <laughs> <laughs> i will say i had a realization i, I guess number one yeah. let's let me let me give it just a brief overview of what happens here um yeah somebody was killed a long time ago um because they had been racist so that racist person who had been killed they possessed their truck and there is a ghost truck driving around killing the people that killed him um and that's yeah pretty much it they eventually find the real truck and burn it and the truck disappears that's that's it the dumb thing here's the real sad thing that sounds way cooler than the episode actually yes. <laughs> like that's a really cool premise it is not a cool episode you know what i was trying it's to so bad i was trying to grapple with on this episode was they had to add one element in to make the man evil. Is his name Cyrus? 
Sure, that sounds right. Yes, Billy so Ray they to, is Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. They had to do something that that truly made him evil because the racism is implied because the first two people that he kills are black men, mm-hmm. and then the third person he kills is a white man, and then the fourth person he tries to kill is a white woman, and it's uh yeah it's implied that he's a racist truck and he is i'm not trying to debate that but they had the 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 writers had to add in something about how he like burnt a church down with a bunch of little kids in it Uh, guys because really hard whenever they added in the detail of a children's choir being in that church i laughed so goddamn hard it's just overdone (laughs) at that point like okay exactly what and the acting in that, it's like such serious acting. I'm like, oh And like God. the music's all like dire. But the problem with like, oh. it is that we know that Cyrus was a terrible, terrible man. However, uh, Cassie's mom in this episode, uh, she, she's a white woman. She was dating uh, Cyrus, who was a white man. Mm-hmm. They were dating. But she was cheating on him with yeah. a black yeah. guy? Totally. Mm-hmm. I think regardless of race, he... He just had he that I mean anybody would be angry. I'm not saying anything that happened was okay. <laughs> Chris, I'm just what are saying, you doing? No, what I'm doing is oh, saying no. that are you defending the racist truck? No, no, no. I'm not making I'm saying that they just tacked on this race situation when it really doesn't have anything to do with what's actually happening, oh. other than they sort of then dress up the rest of the episode. You know in, they, it is really like they just <laughs> it is really like they just they wrote a bad episode and then put the racism parts back into it because it's like the episode is yeah. sort of about the racism but then it is also entirely not about the racism at the same time like it is completely an an utterly useless detail that they do nothing with it came across like how i don't know how they pulled off writing an episode that is about racism where the racism is just I don't know. I feel like it's not utilized at all to actually make an interesting story. Like there's an interesting story in there somewhere in the idea for this episode, but it's just like, they don't do anything with it. Cause well, th- here's the thing we're burying, we're burying the lead guys is that this is actually just an episode of a soap opera. Yeah. Like if you, if you remove the ghost truck element of this and if you put, like just just any kind of basic dude in this, and you, even if you remove some of the racism stuff, like if it was just a dot, like this is just like a like a CSI episode or like a Law and Order episode with right. all of the Law and Order, um, and it, or like it, an episode of a show on the CW. Yeah, I, yeah. I would just like to clarify. I didn't want to imply that I thought that the the, the racist man wasn't racist <laughs> that he was innocent. I was just saying sure, Chris, that sure. the the yeah. racial thing thrown onto this episode. Was has nothing to actually do with what was happening exactly. because there's yeah. specific yeah. personal people he's trying to kill, uh, and that just makes this episode even worse. So um, there, there's a couple of weird moments in this. Number one, they they get on the trail of this case because of uh, Dean's ex girlfriend, and there's something interesting that happens at the beginning of this where Sam is kind of needling Dean about this girl that he doesn't know anything about and uh, trying to be like trying to act the same way that Dean acts towards him about people. Yeah. And it, yeah. Sam is, is pretty bad at like this needling brother routine. <laughs> um, but it comes out very quickly that Dean has revealed this, the family secret, uh, the saving people, hunting things, the family secret to this, uh, to this chick, this rando chick as Sam calls her. Uh, and you know, th- but they're not together now. So like Sam is doubly curious at this point. So Dean has told this woman like probably the biggest secret that he keeps of his life. And then 
had to walk away for some reason. Yeah. And well, Sam is very they, butthurt about it. They, Sam's they tell really that, about it. They tell that secret to everybody, though. Yeah, yeah, it's not a real secret. Like, it's not a secret. <laughs> everybody that, like, is involved in their cases. But, yeah, Sam's all butthurt because he dated Jess for a year and a half, which I thought that he did for way longer. Not that that diminishes the tragedy, but he didn't tell her the secret for a year and a half, and he, he lived a lie. Uh, meanwhile, Dean just spilled his guts to, you know, some random girl, as Sam says. And I think it's interesting that Sam is emotionally available to, like, really anybody. He's yeah. always, like, you know, he's got a bleeding heart, and he's always reaching his hand out uh, to everybody. Uh, and Dean is the opposite of that. Dean is often closed off emotionally, and yet Sam is still shrouded in lies, despite having an open heart emotionally. And Dean, who's walled off emotionally, as soon as you, as you get the, the tiniest crack in his armor, he spills his guts and tells you all the secrets. <laughs> He's like Batman in that way. And clearly my favorite thing to do is compare the brothers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. That that's, that's, that's what we need in the show. Um, this is unfortunately also our first and not last sex scene. Mm-hmm. And oh, oh yeah. boy. Yo, uh, hey, guys, I said it to you twice in the group chat and he didn't respond but she sucks dean's nipple yeah yeah i didn't respond because i was hoping that she wouldn't ever bring it up again yeah, and it doesn't Chris, seem to there's be working. definitely a reason we didn't respond to that <laughs> so chris chris can you tell me why it's so important to you that you have to tell us that he's she's been sucking dean's nipple like twice in our dm and now okay. once really on the podcast. Like so on it. so me and my girlfriend were watching it and this was right before she like made me turn it off because she's like dude this episode's not good um and she, she, I was looking at my phone or doing something. I was taking a note as the sex scene commences. And you're like, all right, this is fine. And she goes, she just sucked Dean's nipple, I think. And I was like, no, she didn't. Like, Shut up. You're trying to be funny. I thought she was trying to be funny. Uh, and then so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll rewind it. And sure, shit. <laughs> she goes down. She goes down and gets that nipple. And I, just thought, <laughs> I just thought that that was really funny. <laughs> the detail I added to the sex scene. <laughs> Just, like, just it just really it's bad. so awkward. It yeah. is like what it's almost like have you guys seen that uh what is it called? The Room? That one like notoriously really bad movie? Oh, <laughs> Never mind. Let's I've move on. It. I haven't seen it there. Yeah, it's just it's really bad, guys. It's really bad. Have you ever heard um have you have you ever heard uh oh, I can't remember his first name. Tobolowski's is, is the guy's name. Uh he's a character actor. He was in um like a million movies and you've probably seen him in everything. He's the guy in um Groundhog's Day, that in, no no recollection here. Anyway, doesn't matter. Well, uh, which guy in Groundhog Day? There's a lot of guys in that movie. Oh, the one that he meets at the very beginning. That's like the salesman or whatever that he knows. Oh, the insurance salesman. The insurance yeah, salesman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got gotcha. you. Um, he did an interview one time um, because he showed up on uh, Californication and he had like a really uh, pretty explicit sex scene in Californication. And the interview he was like giving and, and talking about how awkward it always is. And like the like, and it's just every t- ever since I've heard him talk about how incredibly awkward it is to film these things, and like to try to think about like anything and everything that you're supposed to be doing, but nothing actually what you're pretending to be doing. Yeah. And uh, I just I just pictured Dean, and now I'm picturing this chick who's gone on to be a, a pretty successful actress, uh, 
they had to be directed to do that, right? Like oh, yeah. Eric Kripke oh, yeah. was like, "Hey, you got to do the thing with Dean's nipple," and she was like, "Do I have to?" <laughs> right? Like, they, <laughs> they're like, "Well, we want you to go down, but we can't have you go any further than that." Yeah. So just stop True. at the nipple, that's, please. That's anyway, probably exactly how that went. I yeah. just think it's really interesting that they reconnect and they have this big emotional thing, and they're able to heal those past wounds. Uh, and she broke up with him because she thought he made up this whole ghost hunting thing. Uh, and he's like, "No, I didn't." But that didn't stop you from calling me when you thought you had a ghost problem. Uh, mm. But then he says something about, you know, goodbye for now, whatever. Like, I'll definitely see you again in, uh, you know, not those words, but you know what I mean. And and then they never mention her once ever again the yeah. next 12 seasons. Gone forever. They even, well, because up until this point, uh, he, because her name is Cassie. And uh, the license plate on the Impala is KAS and then some random numbers. And then I, I can't remember, but sometime in the first season, or it might actually be after the Impala kind of gets messed up, uh, they change that license plate and it's never brought back. Well, yeah. well yeah. damn. The, um, Cold. I do want to bring up one positive thing about this show, which is, number one, the truck is kind of cool, like just as yeah. a truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. number two... When the, they do the truck fading from existence thing, like when the truck like runs somebody off the road and it dries off and then just turns into smoke, that is very cool. Like I it like that effect, cool effect a whole effect, lot. Yeah. That, that was that was super neat. Um, Absolutely. And the when the Dean has to play chicken with it, yeah. uh, it's always yeah. it's always good when Dean is doing some sort of action in his car because his car and him are like so you know intrinsically linked, uh, and he has to just sit at past the edge of you know the church grounds, this this consecrated land where the truck can't drive. And just sit there and, and hope that Sam's plan that the truck will evaporate once it passes the uh, landmark will disappear. Uh, and just has to, uh, yeah, hope he doesn't die. And that's yeah, the, and then that's the episode. That brings up, <laughs> yeah, that's really it. And then like they have some really fun brother banter, and then that that's literally the episode. That's mm-hmm. it. I apologize to both of you and to the listeners for bringing this up on like the last four episodes. I I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> the concept of a racist truck is not really that funny, but it's funny to me for some reason, because I mean, a truck That's can't be racist, funny. but right. yeah. <laughs> the episode, I I had put it out of my mind, just how incredibly terrible it is. Yeah. It wasn't fun to watch some of them. You know, sometimes an episode is bad and you're like, Oh, okay, whatever. Uh, and maybe it is because we have this like preconceived notion of it being bad and of it being a touchy subject that they really don't handle very well. But it just was not fun to watch. I just wanted to turn it off the whole time I was going through it. <laughs> yeah, you did. For as fun as the best of your girlfriend. That's right, I did. For as fun as, as, as it is to watch the brothers interact uh, in certain situations, that does not save this. I don't know, guys. This is maybe the worst episode. I think, yeah. Maybe in the show? There's, I don't the, know. The one that I, I think is, uh, it's not as like weird as this one, but it's worse, is that uh, built-in pilot that they did for that other show and like season nine or something like yeah, that yeah, you know what i'm yeah, talking about yeah. mm-hmm. uh, oh, like the chicago yeah. spinoff thing the yeah for some yeah, reason yeah, yeah, you yeah. know i went into it with an open mind hoping oh there's gonna be a supernatural spinoff that's kind of cool uh and it was one of the yeah, one of the worst hours of television <laughs> I've, I've ever witnessed uh all the monsters change their rules too which anyway this isn't about that we'll get yeah. to it when we get to it i guess <laughs> yeah well, well we'll get to it because i don't even think the boys are in that episode which is they're, they're in it for like a minute yeah <laughs> which is the worst that is exactly. the worst <laughs> yeah where are my hunks where are my hunks at yo where are my hunks at guys <laughs> 
should we move Any, on to um, a legitimately awesome episode, or do we? Yeah, you want to do final thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just get it. Let's just get past any any final thoughts on on the car. racist truck before I will literally never bring it up again. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, car crashes are sad. Car crashes. Yep, are car sad. crashes are sad, and racism is bad. There we go. That's, there you go. Chris, bring us into Nightmare. Okay, uh, episode 14. The brothers pose as priests to gather information at a house visited by sudden death. A death Sam saw in a dream. The precognition is just the start of Preternatural's powers Sam suddenly possesses. I wish they had said Supernatural power. But yeah, I don't know I mean, why they Well, didn't. they can't because that's that doesn't start with a P, and they were obviously going for a thing there in that last sentence. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And otherwise, they'd have, to, they'd have to turn at the camera and wink. <laughs> <laughs> Look, next time, guys, I'll write Supernatural. I'm sorry. Thank you very much. I thought, jeez. So this episode is um, going to introduce some some concepts and some characters that are going to be kind of a, a, a big old deal going forward. Um, but it, it starts off pretty much with um, a, a typical cold open where we see a guy, you know, he's doing his thing. He drives his car into a garage. Something locks all the doors and closes the garage door, and we see him kind of strangling on the fumes that you can actually see. Which guys get a get a carbon monoxide detector. Don't don't play around yeah. with that shit. <laughs> don't, <laughs> you can't see carbon monoxide, y'all. Don't let the TV kill you. Um, <laughs> but the twist the twist here, and I, and I always love when this happens, is that Sam um, wakes up, and this has been a this has been a dream. So he's now seeing the future, and man, Dean does not like this at all. Right? Nope. And it's nope, interesting. He is, this is weirded out. This is totally Sam's first dream that isn't outwardly related to him. I mean, it is related to him, but his first one was of Jess, and the second one of his was of his old home. This one just seems random. It's just some dude seemingly uh, being forced into suicide, but it has nothing to do with him. You know, with Sim, with Sam, <laughs> <laughs> with Sim, Sam, Ham, Sim. Um, props to Dean, though. I'll, I'll give him credit for. Hey, like, I I don't necessarily like this. I don't necessarily believe this, but like, if you need something, um, like, I, okay, like, I'll I'll do it. I'll grump about it the whole way, and I'll listen to my not Metallica album, but I'll I'll do it. Yeah. And he drives <laughs> Sam to this random place. I In the middle think, of the night. Is it explained how they know where this address is? Like, I think. Oh no, there's that scene where Sam is like he, uh... calling people, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, yeah. He because he sees the license plate in his uh, in yeah, his stream, and he does. writes it down and uh impersonates a police officer so i forgot i had taken a i taken a note of this but they get there they're a few hours away from the scene of where this is about to happen they drive all night and they get there and then there's a huge crowd of people outside of this house um and i'm just going to read you the note that i wrote because they go up and they talk to this lady who's going to fill them in on what just happened and i wrote that this old lady has all the juicy bits uh but then it's not it's not like the house burned down you know there wasn't like a bunch of gunshots and there wasn't you know there's not fire yet the whole neighborhood gathers but it's just seemingly it's got to be a dude who who killed himself and, and it's like, got to be like four in the morning at this and point all the neighbors are out there just gawking like i just like, it doesn't <laughs> seem like that would happen and they just these two random dudes just like stick their heads and hey what's going on over here at you know four in the morning i don't know but man. they're, they're uh, hunky so it's fine 
I was, we were sitting outside having a cigarette. This was back when we still smoked and, um, some cows got loose from the cow place down the road. And by the end of that whole adventure, there were like 15 people standing outside their houses, yelling at people trying to chase down these cows. So I'm just saying like, people are bored. Like they will literally come out of their houses and look at anything. You put some cops flashing a light in someone's, in someone's house, they're probably going to show up and stare at it for a little while. So I, I can, I can see that, but it, it, this next part, They've pretended to be a lot of things, including like they've pretended to be a cop just in this previous episode, just in this last, in this episode, excuse me. But man, they dress up as priest to go console yeah. this family. It's like, pretty good. Okay. Can what I, can I give you hell? a direct quote when Dean says that they need to go and like investigate and find out more. And Sam says they're devastated. Or one of them says this. I'm sorry. I don't know who is who, but one of them says they're devastated. They're not going to want to talk to us. Excuse me. That has never stopped you before, boys. You've gone to every yeah. wake and funeral in the United States. You literally States crashed a wake months. before. Like, you've, you've straight up just walked randomly into a wake just full of strangers. Like, hey, what happened? Yeah. So why is it that now you're – they're not going to want to talk to us. You talked to a man the day after both his daughter and son were drowned in his backyard. Like, and this is where you draw the line? Guys, like, come on. But anyway. They dress up as priests. Yeah, they dress up as priests, and they're going into the house doing their typical like EMF scanning and trying to talk. Were there any kind of creaking noises? Was there anything out there? Like they're doing their. their <laughs> He's like, nope, routine. no creaking noises. We're totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sam starts talking to the son of the guy who died, and um, it, it's it like there's obviously some weird thing there. Like the dude is acting pretty weird, even mm-hmm. for a kid whose dad just died, but we don't get into it just now. Um, he, like I said to you guys before, he's the most intense actor. I like, think really I've really seen uh, that vein in his head looks like it is about to leave his body and become its own creature. The makeup or just his pallid skin. I don't know what's going on, but he is the most striking human being. I've seen him my whole life. Put that on paper. I'm saying that right now. Is he's the most striking human being I've ever seen. If he uh, if he strained any harder, his head would have exploded with snakes, like he was a fucking bloodborne yeah. character. Like he that's would exactly what would happen. <laughs> also, Dean, when he when Dean starts interrogating the grieving widow, uh, he's just shoving like mini hot dogs into his mouth. Yeah, it, while also like spouting really stereotypical priest stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's like laying it on thick. Like we are all God's children, and Sam's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Like Dean enjoys this kind of stuff way too much because he gets to be he gets to be somebody who's not Dean Winchester as a man who hates himself he gets to not be himself. Uh, And then (laughs) Dean goes upstairs with this fucking spy kid's laser gadget, whatever the hell he's playing. Dude, he he goes from crappy Walkman uh, rig together EMF reader to this like what is uh, it? Awesome James Bond. He man, he calls it. I think it's an infrared. Uh, something I don't remember. Not even the thermal tracker or something like that. He says what it is. Thermal tracker. Yeah, (laughs) green. He's green lasers, and he's just whipping them all over the place. Yeah, I know. Like someone's gonna see that, right? (laughs) Like those are really crazy, awesome lasers. I want those guys. I want that thing. It's really cool. It was so important that it's not even mentioned in the Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we can cover the 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 salient details of every supernatural episode. (laughs) You know what? That's what we're here for. Um, when does Sam have his his next vision? Are they out of the house by this point, or does Sam kind well, of? Well, yeah, they leave. Yeah, it doesn't even show them leave. I think. Well, you know, that scene comes to an end, and then the next scene is his dream. But we're seeing yeah. it, you know, in real time. 
Uh, and it's, no, yeah, well, it's it just cuts back to them at the hotel, right, right, right. Okay, um, and Dean is cleaning his arsenal. Oh, that that's he has right. On that's the bed. right. Couldn't forget that. They're like, uh, wait, wait, <laughs> we have to have Dean do something masculine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then every gun he owns. Well, because it's actually really important that Sam has this next vision while being awake. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because this he is just sort this of the first like, time that's happened. Down. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This so is Sam where things a... are starting to really ramp up and get a lot more serious. Exactly. And Sam's vision is of um, the guy who died in the house, his brother, who they had met at the wake that they fucking crashed because they are horrible yeah. people. Um, he mm-hmm. goes upstairs and I guess a window opens and he figures out that the best way to solve his window opening problem is to stick his head through it. And then yeah. this blunt window closes Cut head head it's, head oh god it <laughs> is so say, evil dead and awesome <laughs> i live in a very so very old place with very very old windows and walls this place is 110 years old uh and then that window looked like it was you know roughly 100 years old very worn down uh it may have broken his neck but that fucking window would have snapped in half if it fell down with that force that is some old ass wood regardless when that window slowly opens upward on its own i would be like yeah no nah. Yeah, nope, not I'm sticking calling, my head under I'm that. Calling the cops, or I don't know. I got somebody to help me. I got to move out. I'm calling the landlord. Like, but he's like, no, let me just stick only my head out and see what's going on out here. It's it's just the weirdest thing to do. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even I don't even know I don't even know what to say about it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really great weird. though. I mean, I really can get into like that real lame, obvious horror setup of like I'm going to do something that no human being would ever do in that situation, and just expose like possibly the most uh, vulnerable part of my body to this window that just slowly opened ominously. Cool. Here we go. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. The boys rush over to try to save this dude and fail. Um, It's funny though because they're screaming at him to not go into his apartment. Like, like they're screaming at him from their car. He's like, "What are you guys, missionaries? Get lost!" Um, they go to interview the, after all of this happens and they can't save him, they go back to interview Max, who is the, the son. Um, and this is where we have, where Sam kind of collapses and has yet another vision. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what this, this vision is though. Wait, is it, is it this is, this one is of Mac. Well, they go and they talk to Max and then they talk to the neighbor who's like, yeah, yeah Max's dad and uncle used to just beat the shit out of him. That's what it is. Reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, then so that's when, when Sam starts having his, his migraine. Uh, and I just feel like, you know, you owe that guy an explanation because he's looking at Sam and Dean like, what the fuck? We do, what, should I call an ambulance? Uh, well, and Dean's and just like, thank is, you for your time and walk Sam away. <laughs> it's not even just their neighbor. It's a neighbor from a house like in – they moved away from oh, that, that house because Max's mother died whenever he was a baby. That's right. Mysteriously. Ooh. And this is when Sam is gets the vision of Max. Of uh, this is when Max is like starting to levitate a knife, and like you get that great like close up scene of the knife going towards the pupil, which is always freaky. Um, yep, and pretty well done. Like that's fine. That was yeah. a pretty decent effect. I, I like that. We we basically just realized that the culprit here is Max, and that for whatever reason he has these abilities, and he's taking revenge on the people who he sees as uh, as his enemies. You know, his dad and his uncle who beat him. Uh, and then his stepmom, who he holds responsible for allowing the beatings to happen, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's just a, a, a very, very uh, messed up kid. And he's actually, it's weird to call him a kid because, yes, he is. Uh, but in Supernatural World, to be a kid, I feel like you have to be like a teenager. Uh, he's the same age as Sam. 
they're yeah. all supposed to be the same age. Am I correct? 30, 37 yep. years old. He's yes. 37 years old. So <laughs> in, in this, this season, I think that Sam is supposed to be 22. Uh, which yes, he is in in many yes, ways. He is. he is in many ways a kid, but they treat Max like he's a fourteen year old. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he. Well, I'm losing my train of thought. My- <laughs> That's okay. Oh no, uh, no, but yeah, like he has that vision. Then he sees he sees Max just with telekinesis ram the knife into his stepmom's face, which is super intense. Like whoa! And this is a um Sam Sam wakes up and. And it tells Dean this, and um, we, we for the second episode in a row, Dean Dean's response to this is, "Oh, we just got to kill this human," and which is really yeah. wigging Sam out. Like, <laughs> Dean wanted to kill the preacher, even though it technically wasn't the preacher's fault. Now, like, Dean sees this kid as a monster, and mm-hmm. it's it's very quickly going to become apparent that Sam sympathizes with him because, hey, like, I feel like I w- Sam feels like he was abused by his father too. Like, right? Like, Sam kind of feels like. Mm-hmm. He he didn't get the best treatment in the world, and now he has these weird psychic abilities that he's developing. So he he identifies with Max and, real, and is trying to tell Dean, like, I keep wanting to say this is a kid. I can't really say that, Chris. You're absolutely right. Like, this is a guy. <laughs> this is a human being that you're talking about killing. You can't you can't do that. And it's also another really ex- extreme parallel to Sam. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like ex- an exact parallel, actually. And like it, the, at first, that's lost on Dean. Uh, I guess we'll get to it at the end, but like at the end of this episode, Dean is really given Sam a sideways look behind Sam's back from this point on, uh, because because Sam is like, yo, we can't just shoot this dude because he's a dude. Like, he, how is he in you know in a lot of ways different from me? Like, I'm having these visions. He's able to move stuff, um, you know, with his mind, and Dean's just like, nope. Uh, pure black and white, cut and dry. This dude needs to get put down because he's a a monster, I guess. And this is, um, I, I like this because Dean sees this and says to, and, and thinks to himself, okay, I'm going to go along with Sam's plan, but I'm also going to bring my badass gun with me. Right? Like I'm not leaving that. Yeah. Behind. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going into this house with the psycho kid with the telekinesis, telekinesis powers and not bringing my gun, which is always a good which, time. He's, he's got telekinesis though. Why would you ever bring a weapon with you? Well, I mean, he's in theory, it's a he's terrible idea. At, like Jean Grey's not very good at t- telekinesis. Every time she uses it, it just she just blows up into the phoenix and eats a billion <laughs> okay, people. Good point. Good point. Um, good point. What happens here? So the boys bust in. Uh, they convince Max. They bust in the middle of Max doing this of what Sam had predicted with mm-hmm. the with a knife in the eye. Um, they interrupt him. There's some emotional exchanging of words, and Sam convinces Max, Max to like, "Hey, let's go outside and, and let's let's chat about this. Let's let's have a conversation." He sees Dean's gun, and then shit goes crazy because he's assuming that these people are here to kill him. Yeah. Is it I, at some point? I know we kind of discussed it, but they do. Him and Sam do have a sit down conversation about. Uh, how they both of their mothers died in their room on the ceiling on fire, coming up maybe? Right now. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Coming up right yeah. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, they have he, that conversation. He locks the door. Yeah, he locks the door, and he and this is actually a really good scene. Um, where Sam Sam actually kind of gets to work his magic, where he calms down a potentially incredibly dangerous situation. Um, uh, because I think at this point it. Max has uh, control over the gun, right? Like he, uh, like, cause Dean pulls it out and then uh, Max just pulls it away from him and then levitates it, uh, pointing it at Dean. 
uh, in front of him. So Sam's able to calm down the situation and says, hey, let's just go upstairs and talk through this and talk about what in the world is going on right now. And he almost succeeds, too. He almost gets through to this kid because I think Max realizes at the same time that, holy shit, this dude is saying something true. Like, we are kind of on the same page. Maybe there is a purpose to this because Sam starts to say, you know, I want to find out what's going on with me. It's going on with you, too. We've been chosen for something. And Max asks what? But Sam obviously doesn't have any kind of answer for that. And despite getting super, super close, Max decides that his his own personal anguish and his revenge is more important. His misguided revenge at the end here. I get your dad and your mm-hmm. uncle, but come on. Um, but he, he decides his revenge is more important than anything special that might be going on. Uh, and he's another case of, I just want out of this and I'm going to do something to get out of it. Uh, yeah. And he pushes Sam into the closet and locks him in there. Uh, and again, this is such a strong parallel. This is what Sam could be. This is what he could have become or maybe what he can become if things uh, get out of hand. But then Max, you know, he goes then to to find his mom and Dean stairs or downstairs. And then he shoots Dean in the head. And then he shoots Dean, right? <laughs> Which is great the because there is zero ceremony given to that. Like, he just shoots him and Dean falls over. Just, <laughs> Excuse me, what? Yeah. I really, really enjoy that. Yeah, it was. it's it's really funny. Like, the, the setup there is Max going upstairs to chase after his mom, Dean protecting the mom, um, and then Max, maybe this is the point where he gets the gun, where he steals the gun from Dean and shoots him in the head with it, just point blank. Dean dies. And that's when you obviously realize that this is another one of Sam's visions. This causes Sam to go a little mental, as Dean Dyan always does, and he um, mm-hmm. kind of explodes with some sort of telekinetic rage and pushes the dresser that was locking him in the closet. <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, pushes the dresser that was locking, in the, locking him in the closet and then jumps out to go save Dean. And Dean, again, throwing himself in front of the gun. We can't yep. forget his, his heroics. He's like, well, if you want to kill her, you got to go through me. And Max, who was, just a second ago was like, this has nothing to do with you, guy. Leave me alone. Because uh, Max isn't a psycho killer. I mean, he is, but he's not a random psycho killer. He is just wants specific people dead. Uh, so, yeah, Dean, again, he, he's always playing the hero, always willing to throw himself in front of, uh, in front of the dangerous thing. Uh, but, yeah, thankfully, Sam shows up in time to stop it. But unfortunately, not... Not in enough time to calm Max down because Max ends up turning the gun on himself and shooting himself in front of all three. But this is again, which I I forgot about that, guys. Yeah, me, too, me too. I was like, whoa. I kind of did forget how this ended. Uh, but this is where Sam. Some of the things that he's saying to Max, you can tell like Dean's here overhearing them. Like, whoa, what's uh, what's going on here? Because he's saying like, dude, like we're in the same boat. It's kind of a rehash of the conversation they just had, but this time much mm-hmm. more desperate, much more pleading because he's pointing the gun at his brother. Uh but yeah, now Dean's starting to pick up some of the some of the clues that the, that were just left behind. And this is this is pretty brutal for supernatural. Like for someone to commit yeah. suicide by shooting telekinetically shooting himself in the head in front of their mother. Mm-hmm. This is pretty extreme for like CW man. Like this is this is kind of rough. And we get this thing right afterwards where the mom is basically lying to the police about um, what happened um, and like. What did they say to this chick to convince her <laughs> to basically lie? Know. Like I don't know. If and you like, were crazy mom, like gone. Yeah, she's not like great. She's not in great shakes. Like literally, her whole family has died around her. I would be looking at Sam and Dean and going, like, "What are yeah. you two doing here? Yeah. Who are you?" Like, yeah, <laughs> the death is so suspicious. Just from even even if they just said, 
these are the family friends. Like if the mom was totally cool with everything that happened, but then the cops show up. She said, these are some family friends and he, <laughs> he has this gun. We don't know where he got it. Also, I guess Dean just takes the gun back. Yeah, we don't know where the gun is. I don't the family know. friends that's definitely Dean's don't like, have it. That's his like fancy silver gun that he always has. He just, he just takes it back. The police would totally keep that. They wouldn't just be like, oh, well, no, here you go, sir. I have this back. Like, no, some kid shot himself with it. Also, he shot himself telekinetically. So the angle of the, you know, gunshot is going to be all off. Like, like this doesn't yeah, look the, like a suicide the, at all. I want, that's what I want as Damn a spinoff it. is the forensic team that trying follows Sam and Dean around. I want to see <laughs> Dexter like, Morgan trying to, trying to do the strings exactly. of red. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, oh, just say, God, that's. Add up. That cross that crossover would be amazing. <laughs> oh my god! One big thing that happens in this episode um, that I think we maybe skimmed over. I think it happens at the beginning when Sam is trying to convince Dean to to go like you know chase this wild goose. Basically, he he tells Dean finally um, what he doesn't tell him in the Bloody Mary episode that we covered a couple a couple episodes of the podcast ago, which is that he has been seeing Jessica. He had been seeing Jessica die in the way that she died weeks before she actually did. I thought he told. I thought he told him that whenever he has the vision of their house. No. Mm -mm. Oh. Huh. Unless I'm unless I'm wrong. Am I wrong, guys? I don't remember. You know, I don't think I don't think it matters. The fact is, (laughs) he told told Dean at some point. Yeah. And yeah, it's definitely out now because he also tells Dean that he was able that he. Was able to use telekinesis to push the dresser away too. And that's when Dean's, so Dean's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on!" Because he just saw what this kid Max turned into, and Dean isn't taking the fact that, "Oh, okay, he had a shitty life and he turned into a fucked up kid." That's what happens. Uh, no, he he's just like, "That's just what these powers do to a person. They make you go crazy." Yeah. No, I mean, obviously that's a, but uh, Dean definitely he's not taking too kindly. The visions were one thing because uh, he knows psychics. You know, one of the most badass characters in the show is a psychic but but just he doesn't know anybody who can force push himself out of a closet like that so that's you know a little bit upsetting although there is a joke in there where where sam's like yeah like i pushed myself out he's like well you've been doing some extra like push-ups or something (laughs) (laughs) he's like no dude i mean i pushed it with my mind like max A whole new Just level like of freak. A whole new level of freak, y'all. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I, I can't wait that. to actually... I cannot wait to get to those episodes. If I could say that in every episode of this podcast, I would. But um, well, let's, yeah. uh, let, let's wrap this bad boy up. Chris, what, what are your thoughts on this episode in particular and then three that we have covered in this podcast? This must have been where... I really, really started to get into it on my very first watch all those years ago. Uh, this episode is just, it's setting up so much about what's about to happen. The rest of the season really leans into the mythology uh, and really starts building it. Of course, there's still uh, several one-off episodes, but this is yeah, really where it starts to, to take serious shape because it's before it's just been visions and now it's something else. So after, after a racist truck episode, I was really bummed out about Supernatural. And then watching this one, I was like, hell yeah, I'm ready to watch more. Steven, what about you? Yeah, absolutely. This episode in particular is is uh, signals a real cool sea change for the show because up until this point, you know, like psychics are kind of intrinsic with with supernatural stuff and with and with horror elements and other like movies and everything like that. Like that's not a surprise. But once you start like actually introducing superpowers into this show, like then you're like, 
wait a minute, what are, what are they getting at with this? And I think that this adds such a cool wrinkle that uh, will eventually turn to something really awesome uh, eventually in a couple seasons. Um, but yeah, like the quality between Nightmare and Faith, it really does feel like um, Racist Truck, what is that called? Route 666 is just – it feels like something that they had to just cobble together real quick to fill in – fill out their episode count mm-hmm. because it, it seems so out of place even with the earlier, weaker episodes. Um, like the very – those first uh, two or three that are just kind of like, eh, like – it definitely feels like they just had like some ideas. They cobbled it together and like, okay, here's an episode. And then they just stuck it between these two really, really awesome. Yeah. It seems like it's almost really well uh, developed. seems like it's a, it's a executive decision. Like, okay, we already mm-hmm. know this episode is bad going in, uh, but let's just sandwich it between two really good episodes. So by the time you yeah, get to yeah. the end of route six, 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 and you're like, wow, that was bad. Then you see the preview for the next episode and you're like, okay, well maybe I'll tune in next episode. Uh, and that's just how you have to keep going because it, it is interesting. We all watch it, you know, on Blu-ray or, or DVD or on Netflix, and it's just a constant uh, binge watch. But it's it, you have to remember these were at one point, you know, a week by week show. <laughs> Ooh, it's easy rough. to forget. Um, I've brought this up a couple of times. the The show suffers for uh, <clears throat> being long and having long seasons. I think. Yeah, um, uh, racist truck didn't need forty five minutes, and season one no. didn't need twenty two episodes. Mm. Um, like, there's like there's no reason for this episode to exist other than like, hey, they wanted to get twenty two episodes in a season because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and which you know, people got to make money, people got to do their thing. This is a business, not an art. Blah 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 blah. Like, I, I get it, but like, it does result in like some real downers of the episodes that come almost invariably right in the middle of the season. Uh, like, it's going to follow a pattern for the next twelve years that. Your good episodes are season or episodes, you know, one through five in a given season, and your your good episodes at the end of a season are last five there. Like the ones in the middle are always kind of yeah, maybe good. We just yeah. never know. You know, um, I just thought of something random. I wanted to ask you guys about uh, Cassie's house in Racist Truck. Does that house look familiar at all? Because I thought that that looks exactly like Bobby's house. It, 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 could, it, sure could, be. it could easily I'm be. I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. it is just Bobby's house with, without all of the dust in it. I really think that they just reused that set like, and just redressed it. Because uh, yeah. I, was, I was looking around desperately trying to find anything to look at but these two uh, as, <laughs> as they could do their awkward romance. So I was really starting to notice the scenery. <laughs> I will say I'm I'm super happy that Nightmare followed up Route 666 because if we'd had two or three episodes in a, in a row that were pretty bad, like I'd, I'd feel I'd feel pretty negative about the show. Yeah. But, but sandwiching in between Faith, which is like we said, it kind of introduces a cool concept for the series, and then Nightmare, which is definitely like very big on the meta plot, then I'm I'm okay with that. And also, like Chris said, we're getting ready to ramp up into the rest of the season being really good. Like there, I think there's like one or two that don't feed into the overall plot, and those are still really awesome episodes. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to all of these. To be honest with you, um, specifically like the next three that we're going to cover, which is mm-hmm. uh, the Benders, Shadow, and Hell House. Uh, I don't really remember anything about any of these, so I'm looking forward to getting into them. They just don't sound. I'm lo- I'm reading the, the descriptions now, and other than the other than Shadow, I'm like I just have no idea what these could possibly. I know be I, I always liked the Benders a lot. I'm mm-hmm. having trouble remembering everything about these these, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to them. We're, we're past we're, the worst is behind us. So absolutely, Chris, why don't you tell everybody who's listening uh, where they can find you on the internet? You can find me at Local Bones on Twitter. And yep, that's it. 
Steven. <laughs> I am at FromSoftJunkie on Twitter. You can follow me at uh, SamLover21 uh, on <laughs> Tumblr. Uh, <laughs> uh, SamLover21 Sam IRL. Yep. Yes. Yep. Oh. yep. HunkLover69. All right. I'm sorry. Jeremy, where can oh, they find God. you on the internet? Uh, I am at Dean is really a skinwalker on Twitter. You can you can find me and some of my conspiracy theories there. <laughs> you can find me at JG Greer. Uh, this has been Monster of the Week, a supernatural podcast. You can find the podcast on Twitter if you want to talk to us or send us your favorite supernatural gifs uh, at MOTWcast. We're also on Tumblr and Instagram and Facebook. Just search Monster of the Week there and you'll probably find us. Thank you, everyone, who's been listening. Thank you to everyone who's written iTunes reviews or rated us. We very much appreciate it. Thank you for spreading this around the Supernatural community. We're recording these a little early. This is episode five. I'm just going to assume the first four were uh, just blockbuster successes and oh, we're yeah, at the top of the iTunes charts. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for everybody. We appreciate all that Patreon money, which I'm assuming that we've done by now. <laughs> Wait, we've done that? Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's episode five. We have a month. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> but thank you. In all seriousness, thanks for everybody for listening. It's very appreciated. Yep. Thank and, you very uh, much. We will see you next week with a new, a new episode of Monster of the Week. And that's it. Cool. I'm not sure which one of them says it, but yeah. What's going on, guys? Did, did everybody was everybody uh, was quiet there? Oh, no. I thought Stephen was about yeah. to say something. <laughs> no, <Me too. laughs> I was just I was just agreeing in in a nonsensical way. Like, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs>
All right. All right, guys. Chris. He does. I'm not even like, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to be funny. But like, he does. What the fuck like does that even mean? He's got that fucking dick vein. You know what I'm talking about? He's got the... T- He's got that giant dick vein on his forehead, He's got man. that fucking big old... <laughs> He's got a giant penis vein just running across his head, and he's upset about it. Carry on my I'm Jeremy Greer. There'll be peace when you are done. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. And I'm Stephen Vey. And this is I we got to do that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stumbling over his last name. Fuck me up. Carry on my son. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. Why? Why was that funny? It wasn't. I was laughing because Stephen dropped the ball on that one. What are you doing? All right. All right. I Keep thought it you were going to say it. Keep it running. <laughs> All right, all third right, time's right. a charm. Hold on. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Dick Bay Mosier. <laughs> I had to do it the one time. <laughs> all right, okay, okay, okay. I'm not pooping around. I gotta go play Bloodborne. <laughs> okay, okay, just let's get the laughs out, and then we'll get out. I promise I won't do that. Here, can I, I can just say my name, and then you can cut that in at the end of one of the good oh, ones. Fuck, I'm, not, I'm not cutting a bunch of shit up. I'm not gonna cut too much stuff <laughs> yeah, up yeah, anyway. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna deal the, we're gonna do this live. Oh, Jeremy's so lazy. We can do it. Okay, all right. He's man. the only one doing any work. <laughs> 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 all right. <clears throat> Thank you.